0: Hey, this is Sean Wyland from the Wasted Knowledge Podcast. You're listening to part two of the Charles McFall, Rock God of Podcasting interview. In this portion, we get a little bit lower into the scotch, and I believe we actually wipe it out. Uh, and we get a little, uh, little heavier in some of the topics. But I think you'll find it enjoyable. We always try to end on a positive note. And stay tuned for more because there is a lot more from this whole session that we had. Here we go.
1: So oh, like tonight, this guy, the Lyft driver, was asking me. He was from another country, but he's asking me, oh, "What are you going to? Say? I want to see my friend, hang out, whatever." like, so, oh, just going to something special?" I'm like, um, "We're just going to get drunk and hang out." I, I don't feel like explaining what the fuck a podcast is and why it's important, and I'm coming out here and, and hanging out and telling these stories, you know. I, I mean, I've actually, to- I think I've told more of my
0: Lyft drivers that I do a podcast because it's, it's we'll talk about random crap. And like, it's one of those things. I don't know. Actually, where do you sit when you get in a lift? Do you say
1: depends? Uh-huh. Um, I try to sit up front. Yeah. Typically. Right. Because it's it's. I mean. The I whole, used to drive lift, So. The I'm whole like, concept yeah. is it's
0: ride share. It's not yeah. a taxi driver. So I'm like, so I like to sit up front too, and which means I'll talk. I'll be like, hey, yeah. what do you do? Uh, oh, I'm an actor. Oh, I have a small business making widgets. I'm like, awesome. What do you do? Oh, I work for a nonprofit video game company. I also make video games. I do voiceover. I also run a podcast. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah. But yeah, I'm like, what's your I podcast it's, about? It's about drinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's great.
1: He's like, what do you do? Um, for the longest time, my wife is so mad at me. And if you listen to this, baby, I don't give a shit. A, I've said a million times. She gets so mad at one point. So in 2013, I got laid off. I was working in an office full time. I was still doing podcasting and I got quoted fingers laid off. Which the whole office got laid off. No, I'm sorry, 2010. I have quarter fingers laid off. 2013 was the real layoff. Uh, <laughs> I stayed at home to work. And that's when I started building my, my what I call the podcasting empire. It really started to work. It really started. I took meetings, I made more contacts. So, you know, I built a way to survive in media that would last me a while so that when the actual layoff did come, which I knew was coming. I'd have something that could possibly turn into a business. Um, before that, I had a poster. I still have a dozen of them of my old Bear Dave days. With a bear, half a bear face, half of my face. He had long hair. It was like ah, and is you know, on there. And I had it on the wall of my cubicle. So when everybody comes, what was like, What's that? And I tried to. And they, best you could just like download a radio. They didn't get it. Um, and by I, when I got laid, when I got sent home, I really worked that angle. So the first year of being laid off. I worked producing a podcast for $65 an hour. And I'd make you know, just enough to mostly pay the bills in the month, so that Lyft drive and this and that. And, that. and my wife at that point, when people would go, cause she with little kids, they were doing soccer game. Oh, what does your husband do? That's the dumbest fucking question. <laughs> that, that's a fuck you question is what that is. You know, who cares? What do you do? You know, What's your interest? But what does your husband do? And she goes, she literally at one point told me she was, like, I don't know. I just said, I don't know. He tells people to pay him and they do. I'm like. I fucking love that. So <laughs> we, we, for a long time until it really irritated her for the longest time. I'd say, they go, what do you, I tell people to fucking pay me and they do. And it gets attention. <laughs> and you're like, this is what I do. I can fucking make your podcast better. I do da, da, da. And I did try that production. I just, I talk too do much to be about. I just hit your microphone. Me too. That,
0: that is the the eighth time you've had it. Just <laughs> if you're curious,
1: <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Did he tell you about the email? Did oh, you tell me about the email? No. oh
0: no, I didn't get to tell you that. Uh, I, I told my wife because like, he's trolling me. <laughs> I was, I was. So uh, right, you tell TC. I'm gonna. My windows make a sound. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I pursued to finish that thought before I hit the microphone. I pursued production in this now for a while. I just. My passion is being in front of the microphone. It's just being in front of people. You know, it, it's part of that time of Rocking Out podcasting. I like being worshipped to a lot. That's what he's talking about with fame and people yeah. taking pictures. I just love that energy. And um, so I love that whole idea of being told totally, to totally get paid not get paid. But, yeah, I just do. I mean— I've been waiting since Dragon Con. We've been trying to work out this. Man, it's just going to be fucking awesome and epic. And so the last email, we're going back and forth. I was like, man, it's going to be legendary." legend. Wait for it. And then I hit send. And I just let it sit. He goes, man, he's like, you're a monster. And I let it sit for a couple more hours. I think I got to carry at night. And I text you, dairy. <laughs> motherfucker. Nice. <laughs> you son of is? a bitch. I loved it. i like, like, cool, man. This is going to be awesome. Let it sit. Oh, that's what your mom said. <laughs> but I feel like, in the name dropping, man, we skated over. I got to work with Jim Brewer for like two years. That was amazing. That's... As doing what? Uh, I, I ran his website and did his social media. So I tried the, to produce the podcast. for like a rooney. No, I only had meet him once. He's Honestly, they say don't meet your heroes. And mm. the first time I ever saw Jim Brewer was when up and coming on Comedy Central. And it was back when Comedy Central was new, right? And he, I would just sit there and watch it for hours. Oh, yeah. Loved all the different stand ups. And he would get on there, and it's his first stand up on Comedy Central. And he's talking about oh, yeah. Metallica. And, yeah. and it's like, Missiles and mosh pit, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this dude's amazing. And I followed him through Second Life, and I followed him through, because that was before Second Life. So I followed him through Second Life. Mm. Um, I think it was, or maybe about the same time, but. So I thought um, he had his special on Comedy Central after set. It might be, but I might have discovered it backwards. I okay. don't know, uh, but it's all about the same. I mean, like okay, I've told you, my brandings I like fuck shit up, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so this, what, was it the special called Hardcore? It was a thirty-minute special. Jim Brew Hardcore. It might have been no, Jim Brewer think, Hardcore. It mean,
2: wasn't just Comedy Central Presents. The
1: two major jokes. It's Comedy Central Presents. <laughs> so the two major jokes he did in that set was. I'm never high. My eyes are like this all the time. I and mean, he did a bunch of pot jokes, right? Because his eyes are always He's like this. Are talking about meeting Jack Nicholson from that? might be. It uh, might be. And I was like 18. You look time. like how okay. I feel. Yes. Yeah. yes. yeah. Yes, you look like how I feel. Yeah. That was hard. Um, I, still so, okay. I still have that DVD. <laughs> um, nice. So, so then I followed, you know, Half-Baked, all that stuff. And then, as you do, you make friends and contacts, and I met uh, Jay Soderbergh, who at the time was a producer at ESPN, doing the Fantasy Football, all their podcasts, all 22 at the time, probably, he was a producer for all of them. But the biggest one would be their Fantasy Football podcast. Um, and we were he left, went to Blog Talk Radio, and it was Thanksgiving, a couple years ago, roughly, they said, hey... Jim Brewer's people reached out to us and they want somebody to produce his podcast or, or to help do me, you know, meet social media and to send another. Would you be interested? I'm like, Duh. I mean, come on. It's fucking Jim Brewer, of course I would. And they made the connection and 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 Jim was kind of putting me off because he's busy doing other stuff. And I finally sent him basically my resume. And I said, I live with, I'm the motherfucking rock out of podcasting, and you need me because of this. And got a phone call like 30 minutes later. Um, and he was in the studio with... Uh, who's the lead singer ac ACDC? The uh, actual lead singer. Angus? Angus yeah, Young. Yeah, yeah. He was in the studio with Angus Young recording his... Jim Burr's got a rock album, if you didn't know. And Angus Young does a song with him on that album. And so he's in the studio, he's like, Hey, Chris... That's exactly how I went. Hey Chris, man, I'm in the studio. You could hear Angus recording his lines in the background doing his vocals was like, I'm in the studio, man, but your email's awesome. But you know, I gotta call you, can I call you tomorrow? And it's like I'm talking to Jim Brewer. I was halfway shaving, so I was like, scream. <laughs> saw this number pop up, answered it, and my wife made photos, like, oh you're so you're like a little kid. I was like, I'm talking to Jim Brewer on the phone with Angus Young in the background, fucking doing vocals. Dear penthouse, <laughs> you know? it's like, this doesn't shit and um, got the job and worked for him for a while, uh, mainly getting his website straightened out, so his podcast would be up there every week, uh, and his tour dates was the big thing, you know, getting that done. And yeah, I started doing some social media stuff for him, and I tried to talk him into, hey, man, he wants to do this. He did this version of the podcast that was Marriage Warrior, and that's part of his comedy tour. And he's talking about how, how it's a war to stay married for so long and have kids. And, and he's been married to his, his same wife for 17, 18 years, I forget, a little bit longer than me. So I've been doing it for 17, or 18, so he's been doing it for 23, 24. Um, but he's talking about, like, man, that's your podcast. So I pitched him on that, that's your podcast. That's, that, among others because he's still friends with James Hetfield, he's friends with all these other major people. And it's like, how often do you think James Hetfield gets to talk about being married? And how hard it is to be married? Never. All they ever want to hear about was the fucking Metallica tours and what's next. That's all he gets to talk about. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh my God, that'd be great. And I'm thinking, I got it. I'm the producer on this show. I'm maybe the co-host on this show. And it it didn't play out. It didn't play out, which is fine. Because I gave him another idea, I actually did a visit on this a while back. Because I told him, I was like, man, podcasting, I've always seen podcasting as the ultimate documentary, right? Mm-hmm. And, and without a camera and a director telling the story, you're telling the story. So how cool would it be your favorite band is just going, man, we just left Charlotte, North Carolina, and this crazy shit happened, this bitch, pub. well, I probably should say bitch, sorry. People, you know, I'm not being derogatory. This... No. Fine young lady <laughs> showed up backstage <laughs> hot and naked and ready to go. You know, band story. Yeah. Or you know, oh man, this is we're touring with this other band and they did this dumb shit. You know, stories you don't get to hear.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm talking to him about this. Two years initially, I just planted an egg. Sometimes you just plant an egg and you let it rise. Cause I knew I'm not the person to take this, but I've always had this vision here. Two years later, if you watch his Instagram, that's what he's doing. He's on tour with Metallica doing the pictures, doing the podcast, doing fucking metal karaoke between this band set up and Metallica come on stage. He's on Metallica stage doing on the big screens metal fucking karaoke. Awesome. singing. It is. And he's the perfect guy for it. Yeah. You know, I was like, I got to be a little part of that, man. It was it was cool. It was fun. You know, I don't regret working for him. And at one point, I was like, I just spilled the shit on my alcohol. But at one point, I was like, God damn it. That was my idea. But then I'm like, but really, do I want to, because the, his Instagram is pictures of him doing his thing. Right. Do I really want to be the shadow taking pictures of him doing his thing? Or do I want to be who I want to be? Yeah. Or just be out there and, you do, know. Doing your own shit versus. And I got to meet him. And we got to be friends a little bit. And I bet if I called him today, he would answer. I feel weird calling him today. Because, honestly, we got to a point that he got a management company. Right. Who could really take it. I mean, his website now is phenomenal. And his people now are phenomenal. I was, I got him from almost sinking, cause he had some friend of his doing it that just wasn't doing a good job. Uh, built him up to stay afloat and grow. And then he got the people he needed to take him where he needed to go. And that was a hard lesson to learn. Cause I was enjoying being able to go, I work for Jim Brewer. Boop, there he is on my phone. Hey Jim, how's it going? You know my sick one, I was like, man, I can't, I can't do your thing this week, I'm sick. He fucking called me to make sure I was okay. I was like, I had a I was like, bro, you're cool." He's like, "Yeah, man, you're a cool guy." Well, yeah. I feel like
0: at this point, that'd be one of those contacts you you keep for when you need it. Yeah. Kind of ideas. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I already killed a can of Coke, and you're like five out, ounce, four ounces down in your Dr. Pepper. Like,
1: dude, okay. i more ounces down in my Scotch. So. You are. Well, I'm about to refill. Well, it we're again. all about the same on the sky. All right, I'm
0: right.
1: gonna uh, dig into these. So, we haven't even gotten any questions. What do you do for a living, TC?
2: Wait, you're uh,
0: asking questions now? Yeah. Nice. He's it nice. Yeah. He's
2: flipped the script. Flipped the script. Oh shit. Uh, most recently. <laughs> uh, That's not funny. Restaurant manager. Um primarily fine dining. Uh been in the hospitality industry pretty much my entire life. Went to school for mechanical engineering. Never finished that. Um, Good for you. That's crazy stuff, right there. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, I I really should have. I was close enough to finish, but I was one of those. I've had a job, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've had jobs since I was fifteen years old. I've paid bills since I was fifteen years old in some form or fashion, and so by the time I got into college and everything like that, like. Making money weighed more than school did. The yeah, job thing did. No, so I, did I never actually finished. I'm actually thinking about going back to school now. Oddly that's enough, when I became a paramedic. Was yeah.
1: Making money weighed more than education.
2: Because, yeah. So, but that's what that's what I do professionally is restaurant management, talk to people. I really liked fine dining. I rubbed a lot of shoulders, rubbed a lot of elbows with some really cool people, got a lot of contacts, was able to talk to... <laughs> Been trying to rub me, Sean. I think John. he's
1: touching shoulders. <laughs> shorts elbows. Right. Uh, I was going to go for shoulders
2: and to elbows, too. But, uh, yeah. Oh,
1: God. I don't Let me touch I your Here's what I found. I've done, like, a bit of everything in my career. For those of you who don't know, TC's got a big, huge mountain man beard. He's, like, a uh, decently. You're, like, a bouncer. You're like, you got got bouncers, Bill. got tattoos. But that's the people behind fine dining. That's the people behind all the fancy-ass bullshit you see, especially like Buckhead. It's people like you. And they wouldn't give you the goddamn time of day if they saw you out front, would they?
2: No, I mean, I wore a suit every day, but in, in general... Yeah, if they saw me up front in my street clothes, they wouldn't let me in the place kind of yeah. thing. Not the time of day, but then I'm the kind of person that... I mean, but I... that's how the fine dining industry has yeah. turned. That's how the world
0: turns. That's, that's what it's for. Yeah. But, it's... like, because like, we met in fine dining. Yeah. And, like, as as bartenders, Did you which... swipe
1: left or... <laughs> I think it's why I pride? It was an accident. You don't dating app. I, 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 I swipe right.
0: That's it's coffee. Coffee
2: meets badger. But yeah, that's how the whole. Uh, it's, that's how I mean. Everything is, like everything used to be. Like no tattoos, clean shaven, uh, no crazy hair colors or hairstyles, and yeah. like everybody wears the same exact uniform. Everybody looks the same way. Everybody acts the same way, and it's turned out. I mean, the the restaurant industry and the food and beverage industry really is just an offshoot these days. Of the entertainment industry, yeah, you're there to provide an experience, not really just food you're and beverage. You're making magical illusions. Exactly,
0: it's the service industry. Yeah, like that's. Yes. Medicine's gone that way. Like pretty much anything, where you have to go spend money to do something and see another person. Yeah, I'm making a face. By the way. Yeah. Uh, is is, if it's not about service to some extent, then people get bitchy, which is.
1: They're um, right to, to an extent. That, that illusion that you're special, mm-hmm. and I worked in the and AV industry for a couple of years. <laughs> it is an illusion because you ain't special, bitch. Um, they're gonna say, but that's a general bitch. Yeah, that's to everybody. It's a male female thing. It's cute. Um, oh no, that's that's as a classification yeah, of person, a, not yeah. as a gender thing. Exactly. No. I do still apologize for the backstage young lady comment. That's not. That was not appropriate. But, um, but they're called Betties. <laughs> yeah, I literally. Gone to a hayfield and set up a huge mobile stage with lights and sound and everything. We had, uh, I think it was Jason Aldean was the singer. I can't remember who the headliner was. But we turned this empty field. It's literally just a hayfield in Covington, Georgia that's next to a liquor store. That was Jason Aldean. And <laughs> and we turned it into this magic and then it's also because you don't think you're in a field it's all of a sudden, there's vendor booths and you're at this kind of festival type atmosphere. And there's just something. And we got the lights. We got the sound. We got the smoke. We got the magic. And then he leaves and everybody leaves. And we spend the next twelve hours breaking it down till four in the morning. I got there at four in the morning. I was there for 24 hours. But it mean, that's the magic, right? Cause people, mm-hmm. like, they show up, like, Oh my God, And if you drive by there, you're like, you wouldn't recognize it, yeah. You know, and that's that's what you do in the fine dining industry.
2: Oh, oh, that's I mean that's what you do in the restaurant industry in general if you're doing it the right. Like you spend that time that you get there before anybody else steps foot in that restaurant, oh, making everything making sure everything looks perfect, is set up a certain way. And some in most of the restaurants that I've worked at recently, we set each table with the exact amount of settings. For how many people are in that party. Yeah. So there's not we're not scooping it away or anything like that. Yeah. The bartenders and bar prep that went into it, we cooked syrups and made bitters and made tonic syrups and and aged punches for months, <laughs> you know, in order to yeah. present the strength that took us sixty seconds to make. In like, front
0: of you. In front of you. Front of but you, really
2: yeah. there was hours and hours behind. Months yeah. Yeah. And so like yeah it is it's all an illusion but it's all about the service and that's one of the things that I liked about that's why I like having tattoos and a big beard is that I like to have that initial reaction of yeah who is this or this isn't the person that's usually
1: they look at your deliveries drop back but then once like, yeah. yeah but
2: then yeah. once the service huh. starts the illusion starts there just blows their mind even that and much that
1: longer. that's my number one rule of of showmanship or podcasting is like Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. Up, my whole goal, and I believe words mean things and, and what, your intention is everything and the secret and all that jazz. But I was DragonCon this year, last year, most people didn't know, I ran it last year. But Brian don't was the face. He was in retirement mode. And I put it together, my whole goal is when you step into the podcasting track of Dragon Con, which is now the digital media creators track, is that you feel like a rock star. I don't care if you're thinking about doing a podcast or you've been doing it for how long can you do now? 14, 15? Well, some people were doing it kind of before with internet radio and stuff, but let's just say, let's say 14. Yeah, 14 years. You, know, you feel like a rock star in the audience or especially on the stage. And it's a part of putting that show together. And putting that, and that's why I, I try to moderate or kick off a lot of the panels. It's just, oops, sorry. <laughs> Alarms do not silence. Even when they do not disturb. Oh yeah, no, they so, don't. Because yeah. it's like, dude, you set an alarm. You got a fucking yeah, It's time to get my energy in Marvel Strike Force, but that's just not the side <laughs> <Yes>, the uh, <laughs> That's what they fucking Yes, alarm. That's what my alarm is. It's to get my energy in my game. But that's 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 <laughs> the show. Is is what some people I feel in, in, in Dragon Con as a whole, not the higher ups, but the, the people who run different tracks, they fail to realize it's not just about fan service and letting people run their mouths. It's about packaging the show. Hmm. And everything I put together, now I trust my instincts too, because some people I don't know, but everything, like the first, last year, I didn't know you from Adam. And I think Regina said, hey, there's this Sean guy, like, Fuck it, it says voiceover with the one with the voiceover panel. And mm-hmm. I, I can't remember, did you have any other panels last year or just the voiceover? I thought I was on two last year. You might have been remember. on two. I don't remember now. I don't way. either. But it, see, I, but when <laughs> it comes from the top, I'm like, let me research. Okay, tell you here and here. And you killed it. I was like, this dude's awesome. I remember telling you last year, man, you're local. I'm local. Let's, let's hang out. Let's do something. You're like, yeah, fuck you. Uh, no. <laughs>
2: What, that no, sounds like Sean. Yeah, that's yeah. like he's. But, the, but you're busy. I, I'm I mean, kind of a douchebag.
1: Well, so I think I was still
0: bartending full time then, which was So uh, that was like 60 hours a week doing fine dining bart, which is making the magic. Like yeah. yeah, like I love that four hours that you that you see me. Yeah. But there's the other like that's three hours show. on each end. If that not more. That four hours but. is the
1: show, but you got to prep so much. Oh yeah. For that show. So much ass, dude. You
0: ain't.
1: I mean, I like kissing the ass, but,
0: oh, I you... but I kissed a lot of the
1: ass. Dragon Con takes me eight months mm. to set up for four days. Mm. And those four days fly by like that. And when a panel's great, people remember it. When it's horrible, they forget it. Which is great. They don't bitch about it. Really something yeah, wrong. that's the best balance yeah, you can have
0: for. Yeah, I was about
1: but to say, is. that's amazing. That's, and that's confirmation bias, bitches. Yeah. And last year was the greatest compliment I got, because, again, nobody knew I was running it. Bobby Blackwolf sat there and said, this year, because he's been going since the inception of the podcast, before that, but he's been to every podcast track since they started. And it was, this was the best balance this year with some workshops and education and entertainment. And that's all I needed to know I was on the right track, you know.
0: That's right. I was on a tech talk and a voiceover panel last year.
1: Yeah. Because I fucking, if you can't, damn, yeah.
0: I've been swearing too much too, but I I love tech.
2: <laughs> this is hilarious because I, I don't think I've said any, I don't think, you have I don't think I've cussed at all today and I'm usually... Yeah.
0: Uh, it's horrible. the scotch.
2: It really is. I'm so excited. I feel I curious. to see, the scotch is making me feel like a gentleman. I'm just I mean, sitting it's here. A good,
1: it is. You know, it's a good alcohol, but it, for me, it, like you're saying, it kind of elevates. Oh, yeah. I kind of, I kind of just sit and chill, and I talk more.
2: Have a conversation. Yeah. I feel like, honestly, we need a fireplace right here. Right. And some cigars. Yeah. Well, and
0: man, it's off topic, but one of my thoughts... Is because being a kind of a bar chat-ish concept is to have like a short like eight-inch bar installed along this wall. Nice, yeah. nice. And just like actually standing, like you now granted, remember putting in some stools and like actually Gee. having that like yeah. putting you in the middle. And, like I'm totally off mic now, but like actually having a bar set up.
1: And the hand motion he did was like a swinging dick. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, well now you now, now you know what my life yeah. is like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know I've got some high boys, some mahogany. Colored high boys with bar stools, and then one of them was set up as my podcasting table. Originally, it was like my podcasting table. Mm-hmm. i have a producer, like your setups over there. That's about how far it was from my table. But I do, and very much I need to kind of be hands on. It's it's a stupid OCD thing. So I now I just podcast at my desk. But at some point, I was in Vegas, and it's actually with Jay Soderberg. It's me and Morgan and Jay Soderberg, Soderberg sitting there. Just having Starbucks. We're at Starbucks, and we're sitting there talking. After the morning. He's always talking about doing a live show where we interview people. I'm like this is it. We're at a square high boy table, and we're sitting on three sides. I said the camera can sit over here and shoot us. This is it. And then I got for free when this church shut down, three of those high boys. I got three of them with all the stools to go with it. And like when we have family functions, we bring them up and put the tables together because we can take them apart, you know, put them together upstairs. And it's beautiful. Damn. It's a beautiful thing. You know, maybe, maybe one day we'll put that together. Yeah. You Sounds know? good. That's, no, that's fantastic. So it is a gorgeous thing. I
0: think we talked about it. And I don't know if we'd be able to do it for this year, but I would really like a. Because this, 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 we're in the studio in my basement, but this basement's huge having, like, a Christmas episode where you invite, like, all the guests back from the year. And just, I mean, whether or not it's an episode or we set up some mics and get drunk
2: together. Well, I feel like it would be a party. Yeah. Where... We uh, sat down and already cast. Pe- people came over and yeah. said what's up, and we talked about I mean, a couple of things. So and,
0: some cameras on the other side of the room, and then
1: we want to go full reality. And then, then TC wireless mic, everybody. Oh,
2: no, <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, I don't need that because I'm going to be passed out on top I of this. I'm just like, all right, we can get,
0: I mean, lives are cheap enough that we can get like once for people's phones. Like, <laughs> oh, I think you said are cheap. No, live, enough. Li- like lavaliers. <laughs> Laves. Laves. Lave, yeah. Lives, Laves, labs, whatever. whatever. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. love it up. Um uh, lives are cheap enough. <laughs> they don't
1: need to survive. When you interact with somebody, person to person, mm-hmm. and when you live your life the same way every single day, you can change the world. You can change the universe. When I see Okay, hashtag me too, the first people who did that, mm-hmm. that was some serious shit. That was like, holy fuck man. We need to get these stories out. We need to stop this shit. Everyone I see needs to burn in hell for a long time. Then the movement kicked in. So right? I see what you're saying. Individual. Yeah.
2: You're saying it's like a dilution effect.
1: Exactly. It's you're a 99%, saying. right? The 1% movement, whatever, started with Wall Street, and then people started infecting with their own missions, and it became this fractured bullshit thing. And it
2: does, and it gets away from the main... It gets
1: away from what would change clients. the problem. Because honestly, if you got to, hit on at a bar and you just felt bad about yourself that day, that's not hashtag me too. When you fucking got raped to get a job, that's hashtag me too. That's that's fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. Just because you didn't like, I would like to say, rape, on rape is wrong. Rape is yes. wrong. Just just to just to, dude, just to clarify. No, well, yeah, rape is wrong. Okay. Putting somebody in a position of like Harvey Weinstein, of mm-hmm. I can make your career or fuck break you, man. That is bullshit. Wrong. And I think, goddamn, I think focusing on race is, is the worst thing we can do as human beings, period. I was say on a we podcast you're f- right. <laughs> yeah, we need to focus on being human beings. Yeah. But focusing on race, man, when, that, when it became um, Black Lives Matter, what did we see in that following year? More black people got killed. When the news kind of dropped it off for whatever reason, all of a sudden it started dropping, but it got some change. It did get some change, but when you get a movement... Mm-hmm. It's like a corporation. When you you're a grassroots thing, right? You're an individual thing. You're building up this power and then you become this corporation. Well now you got this interest and in that sorry. Take two. Nine. Now you got That's this interest nine. and that interest and in- You don't say it gets diluted and fractured, and it stops the power from working.
2: Well, to counter that though, so I, I completely, I saw exactly where you're going, and I completely see the dilution of it because I have, I've talked about it before, not on this podcast, but just with people in general. So you you get these movements, as you say, and you get these people who just latch onto it because they want to be a part of something. Right. But they may not even have anything. And that's fine because you can be a part of a movement without actually being a victim or being the same thing as long as you are there in support and there sure. like that. You don't have to interject yourself
1: into And to be clear, I will support anybody who comes out against true wrong. And I've seen videos of white cops living in fear Shooting black people, hmm. wrong. I, I have known women who have been treated very, very sexually poorly, and it's wrong. You know, I'm absolutely... I will support you as a person all day long.
2: You're just talking about movements in general movements hurting in general. the cops. When it
1: becomes this thing. Hmm. The newest one I saw, you know, we but, saw... But, but
2: the thing is, is that you, it's almost kind of that whole, like, you can't let... Like one bad apple ruined the whole bunch. The movement's still there, and it's 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 you as a person observing has to still focus on the core of the movement and everybody and help lead people that way. Because to say that once it becomes a movement, it hurts it. It it still kind of takes away from everything. I think you have to keep pushing it before you see change. Like changes are gonna happen because I one think or two you people. You take
1: actions that do change. Yes, I think person to person. Call you do what you gotta do. Actually take action. It's when you, okay. So I know right oh. now the Trump administration is looking at somehow. It's more of a technical thing. Of and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I don't understand it. I haven't researched it. I'm just being clear. My caveat is I've not researched this. I've just heard shit on the radio. But this whole the health department is looking to define out transgender and male or female. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I think everybody has a choice. Everybody can do whatever they want with their lives. That's fine. You gotta understand when it comes to government, they're about 20 years fucking behind of everything anyway. And this is not a surprise. What I saw was people not researching, like me, not researching actually what's gonna go on, but go, transgender will not be erased. You don't fucking need the government to recognize you. You are who you are, right, as a person. And when somebody just goes, Hashtag, whatever the hashtag is for this movement now, for the non erasing transgender, what are you actually doing as a person? Because just putting a hashtag on your shit doesn't, I keep doing the hashtag with my hands every time I say hashtag. It's called a pound sign, first of all. Yeah. That's why they changed it from Me Too to uh, Time's Up, because it was hashtag Me Too, but then they forgot. Pound, yeah. Thank you, Sean. You just stepped into that one. You're well, no, a sexist asshole, get off the show.
0: No, I was, because before the internet existed, <laughs> The or term. Twitter, right? Back when you had, you know, before dial-up, when you just had yes. phone numbers, and that's how you talked to people. You had party lines. It was called a pound sign. Yes, but yes, us. also that someone pointed that out to me a few months ago. Of, yeah, you know
1: that. Yeah, but you yeah. see what you? Say, uh, nobody I saw ever pointed post, that out to why me. Why support the hashtag? Blah, blah blah. Really, what are you doing? Well, that's what, what are you doing? Well, I, okay. So,
2: so I will agree with you on this sense. I think social media movements. Are dumb. Okay, maybe that's what I'm talking about. I, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. hashtag. I mean, I think hashtags and my thoughts and prayers. Dumb, no right? Are dumb. Okay. But you don't need to say you're right, your yeah, prayers. No, 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 pray, exactly, man. exactly. But to say movements in general, I, mean, yeah, I think it's right, a little you're bit. You're right. You're right. I over general. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So right. social media movements, I think, like. Social media is that double-edged sword that is just so horrible right now where everybody gets information so fast. But they don't. But they get, they get misinformation so fast, too, and they just jump on. And that's why. By, by the way,
0: follow us at, at WastedKpodcast on Twitter.
2: <laughs> Twitter. Twitter's probably the least. Uh... No, it's no. all fucked.
1: It's all fucked. Uh, because it's the least have... hashtag-heavy. What? Was...
2: Twitter
0: invented that, like, the use of yeah. hashtag came from Twitter.
1: Maybe. Okay. Okay. Not maybe it's That's true. True. That just hashtag shows
2: that my social media knowledge is garbage. Shit. I avoid it like yeah. an angry old man who doesn't want kids on his lawn.
0: It, but it was a coder at Twitter Fuck that you. pitched it to yes. whenever the the, the the ass hat that runs it. Um, whatever yeah, ass, it runs it runs at, it at right, wasted then.
1: cape. Yeah. Which I'm following right now. That's why I pulled up my phone. Um... So when I was like ten, oh. you're deep in the church at ten. Here, I'll take some more. I mean, I'm killing it right now. When I was deep, when I was deep in the church at ten, I said, individually, you can take person by person, but as a collective whole, people are assholes.
2: Oh, that's a yeah. That's a in the service it. industry. It's my favorite thing in the world because people ask me like, like, so you work in restaurant? Like, so you must be a people person. And my favorite thing to say is, I hate people. I love individuals, but I hate people. You said that you went to you were a paramedic, mm-hmm. you did that just for the money, not yeah, for the right. education. Money so, in and, and now you've become the rock god of podcast. If you hmm. weren't, if you didn't go the podcast route, like, what would you be doing right now? Even. It that would you have gotten another office job where you were where you got laid off before? Like what would you be doing or what would you have liked to have done? What would have been in your dream job before you came across
1: podcasts? I want to change lives. And I've realized podcasts have been the perfect thing. But for the longest time I chased music because for me music was such a huge thing in my life. It it, it can set moods, it can change moods, it can change your life. Why sixteen, Allison in chains, man, you can't kill the rooster. Yeah, um, yeah. Make sure your you know other recording is recording.
0: Right yeah, my phone actually stopped.
1: Uh, you know, you can't kill a rooster. I wanted a, a weather vane rooster tattoo, which I never got. I got other tattoos, but I never got that one. I might one day, but because you can't kill a rooster, you know. And it was, it was, music reached me when nothing else could, and so I did pursue music for a while. Uh, wasn't great at it because uh, it was my path. I'm okay at it. I think I could have made a career if I forced it. Um, Just what got me, so I took a break from podcasting for about a year. What got me back into it was I'm sitting in the office, and I I would lob lob a conversation hand grenade, right? I'd hear people, especially churchies. Now, again, I told you I grew up in the church, and there's a difference. For the podcast, there's a difference between faith and religion. Religion is man-made. Religion starts wars. It's very much the the uh, Kevin Smith um, dogma. dogma, dogma. Thank yeah. you, thing. Um, <laughs> Idea, favorite of mine. Changed yeah. the world. Yeah, favorite of mine too. It changed it. it that in the Matrix changed how I saw the universe. Period. Because um, when I saw the Matrix, I went like opening weekend, which I never did. It was a long story, but I ended up being there. No, I loved it. But ne- oh, at that right. point in time in my life, I never would opening weekend. Fuck people, right? Um, and I went there, I was just, it just, holy shit, it's mind blowing. It was more than a movie, it was a philosophy. And I was like, I saw religion, at least at that part of my life, I've seen other things, but I saw religion as a possible matrix. It's keeping you trapped. It's, you've got to work in these ones and zeros when there's really this whole other world to be in. And I don't mean circular world, I mean literally just change how you see everything. All of a sudden, there's a different way, and you can control this world. And, um <laughs> you know it, it, it changed everything but so that's the difference faith in re- faith i'm still a man of faith religion can suck a dick um the views on this podcast are you my own and not sponsored by i was about Shutter to say TV. it can but that's why um,
0: there's a certain faith or religion that's in trouble
1: yeah uh, uh yeah oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, but should it is the question yeah so I don't remember where I was going with all this. Oh, what would I, I interrupted. So, so what would you it do? It was, God, man. I grew up. You'd be a rock and roll up preacher. just not even. Well, that's kind of what I am now. Right? <laughs> the whole rock of podcasting title I put on myself in the early days of uh, bear crawling to give that image of. It was metal attitude meets talk radio. That was my whole tagline. It was really my personal tagline. Metal attitude is to give you that image. Rock out of podcasting is to give you that image of that metal dude sitting on the stage Fuck yeah, fuck it. You, know, you got the followers, you got the people who get what you're doing. The, the whole world looks at you and go, that metal music of the devil. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a major one time, I was like, man, you listen to Metallica, every time I hear Metallica, I kind of want to go to my room and slip my wrist. I'm like, there's something wrong with you. Right, yeah, and that's You're just up, dude. There's freedom. There's all this stuff I hear in their songs that I don't hear anywhere. You listen, in this, pers- this person in the country. Like, you listen to Christian music where all they do is lose goddamn everything all the time. <laughs> this is the 90s, right? <laughs> um, that was a joke. But uh, um, I'd be using my voice somewhere. So I was in the office, and they'd be talking, to, especially church stuff. They were kind of a religious bunch. And I would go, and, and that's a, a grenade pulling the pin out of my teeth. Sounds what that was. And I loved the conversation. Well, what about when prayer doesn't work? And then I just watched the ants go crazy arguing with each other. And I'm like, I got to get back on the radio because I'm going to like tank this office. I'm, I'm smart enough not to lose my job, but they're all going to lose their job because of the shit I'm throwing at them. And I got back into podcasting. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe a rock and roll preacher. Uh... Who was the guy in the '90s who had the gold-plated toilets? Who went? Tammy Faye Baker, Jim Baker. Yeah. His son, Jay Baker, had a ministry, and he still does. But at the time I was coming up, he had a son, uh, Jay Baker had a ministry in the '90s, and he was he did it in podcasts too. And was here in Atlanta. He was here in Atlanta. I never got to go see him directly. You've seen that. You have a story about Jay Baker. No, I just don't, don't, don't appreciate that he has a career no 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 I, I, I get it personally at the moment see here's the thing here's the thing about everything we do and this is why I try not to shit on things that people latch on to I say try not to sometimes I will shit on things that people latch on to you can't but help it. but yeah I mean I told, I told my four year old pain is for the weak suck it the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> good, <laughs> um, good uh, talk dad thanks yeah, um, <laughs> I mean after I tried some other stuff okay. was, I was an asshole for a second and I can be a bad dad sometimes, but you know, and that works out. Um, but yet, and when I was coming out of the church, I still tried to, you still hold on to what's familiar, right? And I was trying to hold on to, hmm. surely the church has something. Cause I felt like what I'd learned about faith had something. And there's, I've told this on the show, and if y'all want me to, I'll tell it again. But you know, I learned about faith from my parents who had none, which is weird, but they're very religious. Because uh, my faith was like faith is you just believe and let it go. Like, Fuck, you know, we're going to be fine. You said God is all powerful. We're going to be fine. What is, what's the problem? I don't understand. Let's just keep yes. on with life, you know? Yes. Uh, but as I was coming through the nineties, struggling leaving the church, struggling to figure out who I was, is that the, Jay Baker resonated during that time because he was on stage talking about in his church or whatever that was downtown Atlanta. But I heard it in podcast form. He was talking about having tattoos, and he was literally smoking a cigar on the stage at that time, and I was like, holy shit. It was a, a vision of freedom, not right. higher than where I was. So I don't know where he's doing now. I don't know if he's homeless or if he's a millionaire. So what, I, what's your Jay Baker story? No, no, so I, I,
0: I don't I don't have one, but I, I had a similar, like I went to, to Catholic school for junior high, um, uh, Dogma came out while I was in Catholic school, uh, and so this was in uh, northern Wisconsin, uh, where I lived in the largest town of the county, and the county was, and that town was 7,000 people strong. So this is Oneida County, uh, Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag Country Fest. It 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 was small and conservative, and the the only quote unquote rock and roll station. The most rock and roll they got was Butthole Surfers, and they wouldn't, of course, say their Going name on Going down the it. mountain,
1: yeah. Abilet. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, and that was, everything else was country. Um,
1: since, since. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> I love Butthole Surfers. No, and I didn't
0: tell it, like, it was like, that yeah. was the most freeing I could get with music. Uh, I had a black and white TV that got NBC, and that was it. Uh,
1: God, I remember Friday Night Videos? Mm-hmm. God, you used to sneak out of bed, and try to watch Friday Night Videos. My parents were asleep. hmm God, I love that shit. So, that's how I discovered Firehouse, which got me in trouble later with my mom. But that's neither here nor there. So, I think I'm trying to remember. Uh,
0: so, a couple things happened. Like, so I have no Jay Baker story, but the the, the, the religion and the, the starting to realize other things. Uh, Diablo, the PC game, came out when I was in sixth or seventh grade, and my stepbrother bought it, and it was game of the year in like 1996. And I played it more than he did, so for my birthday, six months later, he gave it to me. And, uh, like, that was, like, a, like, it was, like, one of these, like, taboo things. Like it, was sure. like, it was a game about the devil. Except it wasn't. It was an RPG where you go kill the devil. Uh, but that, and,
1: uh, I saw Mall Rats for the first time. Yeah, man. Kevin Smith was instrumental to our generation. Yeah. freaking free of shit. Oh,
0: absolutely. And then, like, near the end, like, I was in eighth grade, going out of the Catholic school, and I, I like, and I didn't know it, but we ended up moving to Phoenix and like uh, dogma came out so this was like 98 and uh, I like I got a copy I don't know how I got a copy of it but I did and I saw it and it, it was just like oh my god and Chris Rock talking about being a forgotten black prophet and
1: god, right the 13th apostle. yeah that was such a
0: <laughs>
1: was yeah. 12 bucks <laughs> like yeah
0: that that so encapsulated I'm like oh yeah why why and there were a few other things that happened in my, my personal life that I was like, you know what, I maybe this doesn't actually make sense. And I was, like, ready to go to seminary. Like, I was like, let's do this.
1: I had a similar story very quickly. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was in a, a, a youth group. I was, again, inside the church. But I would left my dad's church went to a different church, which was a huge—you know what I'm saying. When you're a preacher's kid, that's a huge deal huge deal that I left his church and went to a because right, he didn't have a college age you're, thing you're it was a the, the small thing you're, yeah. the, you're the prodigal shepherd exactly for um, sheep but I Boy. I fought so long about being in the ministry because I saw what it did to my father I saw the bullshit around it God, the bullshit around it. This, I mean, I could do a whole podcast just on the bullshit around being a preacher's kid and how people treated him and us.
0: I just wanted to be called the bullshit around it, by the, the way.
1: Yeah, you know what? That's the next show, the bullshit around yes. it. um
0: That's the 11th time you hit the mic, by the way. Fuck you.
1: That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> why you have a second recording. Why well, is that even working anymore? It stopped. The other one's going, but they're all routed to the mics now. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it's fucking nice. You know what? I, I'm animated. You put it right here, I can hit it. I blame PC. I... <laughs> it's
2: the best, op- it's the best right. option. Well,
1: this, I'm gonna do to um, you what I had to do to TC earlier, like, excuse me. But, uh, yeah, I was, in a, I was in a youth group, and I'd fought so long about being a part of the church that I felt like I had to let it go, but I went too far. Well, like, because you have to let go what you're fighting against. Because you're fighting against something, you can never move forward. Because it, I, an analogy I used on Success Freaks was, if you're holding the side of the pool to learn how to swim, you're holding yourself back. You have to push away and swim the other direction. But what I did was while, when I stopped fighting being a preacher, because I was a preacher's kid, and I was like, you know what? I'll be a youth pastor. Everybody's like, oh, my God, we knew it. Well, that was bullshit. I didn't know it was bullshit at the time, but I swung too far with the pendulum. But you were said you were ready to go to seminary mm-hmm. and, and be a, a preacher. Yeah. God, you would have been an amazing preacher. You would have voices for all the apostles. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. And Jesus would have had a fun voice. All right. <laughs>
0: He would have had a fun He, you know what? I'm sure he did. So, so there's a few weird things in that. And like, I. So I went to a high school. That was almost the size of the town that I was in. Okay. Uh, and this was like out in Phoenix. So like I moved freshman year. And like, and I was like, still like, hey, God is amazing. And, and faith and everything. And, and a couple things happened. My, my mom was leaving my stepfather and she started dating and she wasn't divorced yet. And I, and I was just so the second
1: time divorced.
0: This was her second divorce. Yeah. And I was just piecing things together, and I, in in that mindset, unfairly, was like, hey, mom, like, why are you doing that? You're not divorced yet. That's, like, a sin against God. And she's like, I don't really right. believe in that. Like, I was just did that for you to get good morals. And I was like, whoa, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> to her right. credit, because it gave, did, did start to give me a better perspective. And I had a bunch of friends that were, like, questioning, like, oh, so, so, what about the earth spinning? And there's, like, weird questions late at night in high school mode. Right. And... I was like, I don't know. I don't have good answers to that. And I went to a church, and this I went from, like, Roman Catholic, northern Wisconsin, bleachers, or not the bleachers, but the the, the, the pews with the kneely things, and, and my knees hurt, yeah. and, and going, like, up and down, and up and down, and up and down, and have he could know, oh, have that loud. I'm a da, 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 fat
1: bastard. Fuck Catholicism. I not got that kind of energy.
0: <laughs> and I went from that, and the first church, like, I found, like, the closest Catholic church to our house, and it was, like, a rock and roll Catholic church, but... And maybe this is just me, but it wasn't good rock and roll <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was church music. church fucking water sound. Amazing. It was so bad. And I'm like wait, so this is like it, it felt like the most pandery thing coming from this other like there was an organ and occasionally a guy that could sing and play piano.
1: Oh my God, you throwing a guitar all but devil like, territory. But like
0: they had a bass they had a lead they had a guy singing and right. a drum set, but it was bad and I'm like just like the, the, the and the pastor did show up on a motorcycle but I'm like this is so stupid like is yes. this what is this what faith means to you and this is is this what I invested in now I'm good. I'm 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 set. I'm good. No. Yeah. I'm done. And, I, and that was between those things happening and and, and and I'm sorry, but dogma as well like going like, "Yeah, no. Like I don't want to be a part of it of this.
1: wars, ideas let you be
0: flexible."
1: <laughs> I know I'm bastardizing that quote a little bit, but yeah, bit. no. Jesus Christ, that was the best line of that whole movie then as yeah. I yeah. Ideas, ideas are what lets you talk connect to people
0: well, so and, and belief is belief understanding is understanding fact
1: you know I'll, I'll say this the major scripture that i've always held on to was uh i'm gonna bastardize it again because we're we've killed a bottle of scotch uh it is uh understanding is the key to wisdom and that wraps it for this portion,
0: part two of the Charles McFall interview. If you've liked this, of course, please uh, leave us a like and even a comment on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to follow us and tweet at us at WastedKPodcast. You can always send us an email at WastedKnowledgePodcast at gmail.com and you can find episodes first at Wasted-Knowledge.blurberry.net. There's still more to come, uh, at least another full episode. And of course, please... Always drink responsibly and get a safe ride home. Cheers.